So before we get into the message, I would like to practice something with you. Um, every now and again, I get what I believe is a, it's called a word of knowledge. And a word of knowledge would be like something that the Lord puts in your spirit, whether it, it may be like a physical manifestation, you might have a pain all of a sudden in your body that you're like, no, I'm fine, but what's this pain about? Or you may get like a word. A lot of times I get words, like words that I have to look up in the dictionary because I'm like, why is this word in my head all of a sudden? So a couple days ago, I got this word called, and so a word of knowledge is like when you release it, it's, it's, it's the Lord saying, I have something for whoever is, you know, the word is for. So it could be healing, it could be a word of encouragement, it could be all these different things. So I just want to, before I go into releasing like this word, because it's like, I literally had to look this up, I don't know what it is, maybe medical people will know what it is more than, than I do, but I got this word, all of a sudden I'm walking around my house and I'm like, what's Billy Rubin? What's Billy Rubin? B-I-L-I-R-U-B-I-N. Is that, is it, what is that? Okay, it's like a liver thing. So, does does that mean anything to anybody? And and um, if so, we'll simply just pray for you. You can come up and we'll pray for you, or we can you can stay in your seat and pray. But Billy Rubin, so it has to do with liver issues or liver numbers. So, does, does anybody have? When your jaundice So that makes you yellow. Okay, anybody having a problem with being yellow skinned? Just kidding. What's that? Jaundice. Jaundice, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, if no one, no one, um, what's that? Might be for later. That's true. Does anybody know anybody? Any standard session for that? Anybody with lip disease? Does anybody have Jill's family have lip disease? Probably. Yeah. 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 It's just about being responsible with what the Lord puts inside of you. It doesn't mean everybody responds all the time. It's okay. Um, so anyway, I'm going to pray for anybody with liver issues just because I feel led to. So Father, we just lift up medical issues regarding liver and any of the people that are here, any of the people that are connected to the people that are here. And, uh, you know, let's go three levels. So anybody that's connected to people here, anybody that's connected to people that aren't here, and so on and so forth. So Lord, we just lift up their bodies to you, Lord. We ask for healing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And my computer just went blank. <laughs> and it came back. So last time I was up, the Lord was like, hey, do not use slides because you're relying on slides too much. Some people were like, but we really like your slides, so can you still do some slides? So now I'm gonna have to be somewhere in between extemporaneous speaking and also trying to follow my slides, but I won't be tied to slides, so just an FYI. Again, I'm Pastor Josh, I'm an associate pastor here. Pastor Dave is, um, he's in a camping trip with his brother-in-laws, and um, as I was saying, they're his daughter, Eden, um, is home with Michelle, his wife, because she's under the weather. Um, so we just can lift her up in prayer as you feel led. And um, yeah, so I would characterize myself as someone who's really 
into emotional and spiritual health because I believe that if your soul prospers, then actually you prosper. So all of you prospers. So as I was, I was trying to put this message together, it's really a pretty personal message to me because I walked through it uh, about two weeks ago. Um, and I came to this realization that we can actually heal the whole person. And oftentimes we forget uh, what's going on in our soul and in, our, in the spiritual realm and how that affects the physical realm. Um, so the title of the sermon is Healing the Whole Person, Arete, Boundaries and Emotional Health. That just, that, that little extra part there was so that I could make sure I got to talk about what I wanted to talk about, which is, um, which is stuff that resides in the soul realm. So the scripture that, that a lot of this is based off of is, um, it's uh, yeah. Second Peter 5.11, and this is my edited version of it. Like, I didn't try to change the content, but I tried to allow you to see um, kind of deeper into the spirit, into the spirit of what's behind the words and what's going on here. So, um, as scripture says, make every effort to add to your faith moral excellence. That word is arete. Arete. It's a Greek word that essentially means excellence of whatever. So anything that is excellent. In this context, we're talking about moral excellence. So make every effort to add to your faith. So you have faith. If you've come to Jesus, you've accepted him as your Lord and your Savior, you now have a faith. So that's great. That's a good starting point. You've entered through the gate. But now add to that faith excellence, moral excellence. And to moral excellence knowledge. So a lot of times people think, oh, I need to learn a whole ton about, about the Lord. This word knowledge is not learning about the Lord. It's experiencing the Lord. It's experiential knowledge. It's knowledge based on actual experience. Like it's one thing for me to like jump on the, you know, watch a bunch of YouTube videos about playing drums. It's a whole nother thing for me to get on the drums and experience playing the drums. There's two forms of knowledge there. I know how to play the drums now because I've experienced playing the drums. Well, I don't know, Tony knows, but. <laughs> so add to your faith, experiential knowledge, add to your faith, self-control, add to your faith, faith, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness. Hey, this is, you're talking about us, this is Philadelphia, brotherly kindness. Philadelphia, our region. I thought it was interesting. And to brotherly kindness, love. That love there is agape love. That's, that's loving like the Father loves. Right? There's a lot, there's a ton of different words for love in the Greek language. <clears throat> for if you possess these qualities and continue to grow in them, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge, your experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ. I posit to you that it's not only your experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ that you would be um, much better off in, but your life in general, if you do those things. If you add to your faith those things, you're going <laughs> to do well. There's a warning here. It says, whoever lacks these traits is nearsighted to the point of blindness. And the reason is, the reason that, that, that uh, Peter is giving is that because you forgot that you've been cleansed from all your past sins. 
So in order to access all these things here, that I just, that I just talked about up there, you can't forget that overall you've been cleansed from your sins. You were a sinner, you were a sinner saved by grace. Now in Jesus Christ, you're the righteousness of God. In Christ, you're the righteousness of God. So don't, you have a right to be cleansed from your sins. Dave was talking about rights last week. I listened to the message even though I wasn't here. He was talking about rights. And one of the rights that you have as a son, as a daughter, is to be cleansed from your sins and to not walk around in those sins. And to be free and to be dead to sin and alive to Christ. I heard him say it. I heard him say it. And he also said something like, why does a dog return to its vomit? And I think the answer is, I'm going to give it to you later. <laughs> anyway, if you practice these things, you will never stumble. Listen, that's worth, that's worth everything right there. Who, who wants to not stumble anymore in your walk? I'm tired of stumbling, guys. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Listen, it's not going to be an easy message for some of us. If you don't believe that you can access being free from sin and dead to sin, this is going to be a hard message for you. And most people don't really think that way. Most people think that I can never be sinless. This is not what the scripture says. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. That's not what I'm saying. You do it through him. Through actual relationship with the Lord, you can you can you can walk this out. But as sons and daughters, you have a right to be cleansed from your sin. If you practice these things, you'll never stumble, and you'll receive a, a lavish reception into the eternal kingdom. So this is two things, right? This is addressing earth, and this is addressing heaven. Most people think, "Oh, I got saved, so now I can go to heaven." And that's what I was taught most of growing up, and that's what most of my grandparents' generation was taught too. Like, let's scare people out of hell and into heaven. Okay, so that's good. You're going to go to heaven, but now we don't value our life on earth. We don't value being righteous. We don't value loving people well. We don't value being transformed. This is, this is, it's, it's bad stinking thinking. The new thinking, the new understanding, the way that it is, is that do these things, add to your faith, not in your own strength, but in connection with Jesus. <laughs> You're not going to stumble on earth, and you're also going to get into heaven, and they're going to throw you a way big party. It's going to be, like, amazing. Anyway, like how I broke that down. Arate, I already told you arate in a little bit, but some of the other uh, words that you could use is moral goodness or virtue. Um, goodness, a gracious act, virtue, uprightness. Basically, my definition of arete, as I'm understanding it, is excellence of any kind. Obviously, in this case, it's excellence of our spirit, soul, and body, which is what I'm, what I'm talking about today, is the whole person. You are not just a physical body. You are not just a spirit. You are not just a soul. That is all of you. You're made in the image of a God. You're a three-part being. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Alan, I'm, I'm a little thirsty. Can you help me out here? Cause... Thank you. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. 
That's how you're going to see your, your neighborhood change. That's how you're going to see your family change. That's how you're going to see massive transformation on a scale that, that we're supposed to see, but because the church as a whole, I'm not saying this church, I'm saying the greater church as a whole has so focused on, I'm spiritually right and I know how to pray and I understand those things, but they haven't understood a theological understanding of the importance of emotional health. Emotional health to me is emotional and spiritual health. It's the same thing. You can't be a spiritually mature person and not be emotionally healthy. You can pray and you can worship and you can intercede, you can cry out to the Lord, but you know, you're just not whole. You're not fully fully whole. So, um, yeah, I'll just skip all that. All right, so I'm constantly learning. I, I, I love to learn. Um, some of the stuff that I love to study is um, sort of counseling and psychology and um, really lots of emotional health related things, spiritual health related things. So I'm constantly, constantly teaching myself things and um, with the Holy Spirit. And I just got to reading this book. It's called Boundaries, When to Say Yes and How to Say No to Take Control of Your Life. This came out in 1992 and I wish that I read it 10 years ago. If you, if like, I'm telling you, this will revolutionize your life. It's a, uh, it's written by two Christian authors, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. And so I'm reading this book, and like, as I'm reading this book, I'm starting to see myself in some of the stories that they're telling, some of the stories that they're telling about the formative years of, of um, some different different characters that they have in the book, and um, and essentially what ended up happening was. I started to realize, well, first let me tell you what a, what a boundary actually is. So, like, uh, okay. boundaries are limits. They're basically limits. They're limits that you set on yourself. So we have to take, we take responsibility to set these limits that we take on ourselves. Uh, in terms of our thought life, behaviors, and actions. So, so our soul, mind, will, and emotions as well as our body. Uh, there are also limits that we place on other people, interactions that we have with them. Uh, but the key concept I want you to get is that it's of self-control, which is paramount to the scripture that we just read. You add to your faith self-control. So I control me or myself. You control yourself. So I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for my soul. I'm responsible for my emotional health. I'm responsible to treat you well, to love you well, to do all those things. Uh, that the Lord has called us to do as, as, as Christians. I'm also responsible to be filled so that I can do those things. So I don't make Alan love me. He loves me because he has great experience with the Lord. I'm also lovable, but he loves me. <laughs> right? I don't, make, I don't make anybody do anything. I control me. You control you. That's revolutionizing my life and my relationship with my wife as well. Um, so that's a that's the type of boundaries that I'm sort of talking about here. Anyway, so I'm reading this book, and one boundary in particular came up for me. And oftentimes, what can happen in your formative years is like, for example, I, I had a need to feel safe, 
and this need to feel safe, which is important in your formative years when you're little, like you need that, otherwise bad anxiety happens later in your life, was violated by uh, two men in particular in my life. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't anything in like a sexual nature or anything like that, but what it was is my, uh, these two people that were important in my life, they would essentially, they enjoyed playing, but to a point where it was tormenting, right? So it's like, what it, what, one of the things that happened was uh, this one person would throw a blanket over me while I'm on the floor playing and hold the blanket down until I was screaming, crying, and like lost it, right? Wouldn't stop if you said no, right? And so as a little two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old that happened to you, that basically that's communicating to you that your, your need for safety, your boundary, your no means nothing. Your no means absolutely nothing. And you can't say no, and it, it, you're just not safe. And then the other thing that would happen is um, uh, this other person, we would like wrestle, like roughhouse and stuff like that, and they would just really try to enforce their strength over you as a little, just a little guy. You're like, what are you, now I'm like, what were you doing? <laughs> what were you thinking? Like, you know, and, uh, and so you would say, no, stop, ouch. And not only would they not stop, but they wouldn't say sorry. So what that communicates to you, or to what it communicated to me as a little little guy, was like, I'm not powerful, by no means nothing, people can do whatever they want to me. <laughs> so coming to this realization, and I'm like, whoa, that really messed my life up a lot. <laughs> Like, a lot. I got into relationships with people that I shouldn't have because they were, up, they were just toxic people. They, were, they would use me and, and just get what they wanted from me. And, and uh, you know, like I had a string of these just terrible choices because my no, I internalized that my no means nothing and you can do whatever you want to me. So I'm going to be loyal to you. I'm going to love you well. I'm going to take care of you. But like, you know, you can treat me like garbage. So this is the boundary that, that the Lord basically had his finger on as I'm going throughout the week. I'm like, and you know what happened is, is, is I became sad. Like I was really sad and I found myself like, what is this? This is weird. I don't, I don't understand. Why do I feel sad? So I ended up having to talk to some of my, I talked to some of my friends and, uh, my one friend in particular, they've been learning how to grieve because they've had a lot of tragedy happen in their life, and they've been really faithful to, uh, to learn how to grieve well. And uh, so I went to my friend, and I was like, hey man, you don't have to tell me anything, but can you just give me like five minutes, I need to, need to talk to you about this, because I'm having this reaction of sadness and I don't get it. And simply just by talking to him, someone who understood sadness and grief, I was able to just be like, yeah, man, I'm feeling sad about this thing and the effects of, the effects of it has had on my life. And that was it. He didn't really, I mean, he did call me back and say, hey, do you want to talk more? But really, it was, we had the, like five minutes on the phone. And, um, and so that was helpful. And then the other thing that I ended up doing, well, let me, let me tell you what ended up triggering this even more. So after I talked to my friend, I ended up, um, 
So it's a safety boundary, right? It's a boundary of like, uh, you can do whatever you want to me, you can be unsafe around me. And so it's like a physical safety boundary that was violated, so that's what the Lord had his finger on. So wouldn't you know, I'm walking a dog, walking my dog in a field, and there's this, you ever see the big lawnmowers that they have for like, like big tractors for like, like Lower Mayfield Township has these big, big tractors. And I'm walking the dog on this path, and this young kid's mowing the lawn. He's probably in his 20s or something, but maybe a college student. And I'm walking the dog, and this is the path, right? I'm walking the dog, and he comes this way within like three inches of the dog and myself. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I didn't say anything. I was on the phone with my wife. I didn't say anything to him. But then he did it again. He did it again. Oh, that wasn't a good idea because I freaked out. Like it triggered this thing that the Lord had his finger on in my life, this, you know, safety boundary. Whoa, that guy just, you know, okay, fine. You did it one time, whatever. You did it twice? Are you kidding me? So I was like livid. I'm trying to sort of re-experiencing it as I tell you. I didn't expect that to happen. But um, <clears throat> luckily, he's mowing the lawn and had his ear protection on. And I was like, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> and he didn't hear a word I said, thank God, because I was, I was to be honest with you, I was emotionally triggered, they call it. I was, I was triggered. I was in a bad place. I didn't curse. I wasn't mean, but I was angry. I was very angry. And so he didn't hear any of that, but he did stop. He turned around, he came back, he took his, he turned off the engine, he took his earmuffs off. And I was like, thank God that he didn't hear anything I said at first because I really quickly, I'm a pastor, I didn't tell him I was a pastor, but <laughs> I said to him, hey man, that's not cool. You, you just came within like three inches of this dog. Like I didn't want him to know it was about me, right? It was about the dog too, like I'm responsible for the dog as well, but... I was like, she's freaking out. What are you, like, what are you doing? It's like, go off the path. You have, a, you have this whole field. Why are you doing that? Right? And I said, hey, man. Like, and then I was like, you know what, bro? You're doing a good job. I, I appreciate you. You know, but I, you, know, you really ought to you know, pay attention to what you're doing. Okay? And then I walked. And he was kind of like, <laughs> I could, I'm six foot four, man. He's sitting down. I'm like this, and I'm like pissed. <laughs> you know, I'm holding myself back, excuse my language. I'm upset, and, uh, and I'm holding myself back, and, and he's, but he got it, and I tried to be as kind as I could, but I was triggered. I was emotionally responding, or reacting, really. And I tried to regain my love of him, and, and, and love him well, but anyway, so, so in the midst of that, right, so I'm dealing with this safety boundary, because when I was in my formative years, it was violated by no means nothing. You can do whatever you want. And then I'm realizing, well, that's not true. And then what happens? This guy violates my safety boundary two times in a row, and I'm like, dude, right? So that wasn't the right response, but I was, the Lord was stirring something inside of me so that I could, he had his finger on something, right? And I'm talking about, let's deal with, let's deal with the whole person, right? So I could simply have just like, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. It's all right. God is good. I'm, I'm saved. It's good. I'm good. Right? But I didn't. 
because I've been listening to, I've been working on growing in my arete, growing in excellence. Paul talks about there's a, there's a good way and there's a more excellent way, or a most excellent way, I think is, is how he says it. I want the most excellent way. I want to be fully, fully healed, the whole me. So the Lord's using this circumstance to teach me that, hey, you can be fully healed. Yes, spiritually speaking, you're good. You're coming to heaven. You know, you're positionally, you're still righteous, but hey, there's a hole in your glass. There's a hole in your glass in this, in this area of safety. And so hopefully what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to, I'm, by sharing what, what happened to me, I want you to be able to put yourself in a situation because I know that the Holy Spirit's arranged that for you. And if you didn't do it last week, he'll do it this week or the week before. Because we're, we're going for something as a church. We want to be spiritually and emotionally mature. We want to understand what it means to be sons and daughters of God. Get, you know, the glory of God is man fully alive. Doesn't mean like that you can just pray. It means that you're fully alive. You love well. You, you but you can't you can't do any of that stuff unless the part of you where you love, the part of you where you have a will, the part of you where you have a mind, is is actually healed. Does that make? Am I? Is anybody retracting with me? I feel like I'm. Dave has like what he calls his Dave messages, where he's like all super philosophical, and you're like, what are you saying, man? I'm not going to sure if I follow you. I have mine too. I have, I, I can go there. <laughs> I can go there. And this, this could be one of those messages. Actually, I was, who here has watched uh, the Food Network show Chopped? Chopped, oh, not enough. Have you watched it? Okay, that's good. <laughs> Joy has watched it. Joy, could you describe for everybody that's not seen it, what is chopped like? Um, you get a basket of different strange foods. Yep. And you have to make um, uh, you have to make a meal. Uh, first, it's an appetizer, then it's a dinner, and then it's a dessert out of these strange foods. Could be like random stuff, and then each round somebody loses and they leave, and then at the end there's two, two people that make a dessert out of who knows what. Yeah, very well said. I feel like, feel like this message is like that for me. It's like, here's these three probably related things, but maybe you can't see how they're related, but hopefully in the end it tastes really good. It goes down and, you know, I get a, t a 10. But if I don't, it's okay. I'll still give you tools. Still give you tools on how to how to actually be transformed and be changed. By the way, I love interacting with you guys. It's a lot more fun than hear myself talk and talk and talk. Even though I I like to talk in the right context. I love it when I just follow my notes naturally. Get into boundaries just a little bit more here. So, what are boundaries in terms of like? So, in terms of land or property, there are limits that like fences and property markers or even signs. You know, like do not hunt here, no hunting, no fishing. You know, these are these are boundaries in terms of land. There are also physical, personal limits. So, in other words, like 
they're setting healthy limits on how I choose to interact with people that come into like physical proximity to me. So like if Alan's trying to pull this jujitsu thing on me, I'm gonna walk away from that. Like I don't 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 put me in a in a chokehold, man. I just told you that I have boundary issues with safety. What the heck? It's messed up. Gosh. I know. Only a hug, a good hug. Good strong hug for me. So in terms of identity, this is really cool because I'm maybe what you would call an identity preacher as well. Like I really feel like you need to know, not you, but I personally need to know who I am in Christ, but also how he sees me, uh, what are my strengths and my weaknesses and things like that. But a boundary in terms of identity, it's actually limits that define who I am and who I'm not, which I think was pretty cool. <coughs> For example, I'm a son of God. I am not an orphan. That's a boundary. So I can say anytime that I come into this thought of like, oh, I'm alone, or there's not enough, like what do people that struggle, you know, coming from an actual orphanage, we actually have people here that have been in an orphanage, you know what I mean? And you struggle with, so we can say there's an orphan mindset, there's also a place where like, okay, I literally was an orphan, like literally physically an orphan, but God adopted me into his family. He had provided fathers. My, my father committed suicide when I was 15 years old. I've shared that with a lot of people. Hopefully, I think I've shared that with most of you. I mean, most of the people close to me know that. But yet, so that was super painful, but he also provided men like Alan Kirkpatrick and men like um, Tim McDonald, who's not, not here today, but to come into my life and actually father me. So God fathered me through other people. Right? So he was, so the truth is, he is my father, but he also sent people to father me too. And, uh, all right, so another boundary that's in terms of identity is because, because I'm a son, I have certain rights and responsibilities. Right? So I have, so Dave was talking about rights last week, and I really like, like that because. If you don't know what you have access to, then you can't ever access it. Simple, plain and simple. If you don't know that you have a right to be free from the effects of sin, you'll probably never access that. You'll probably live thinking, oh, I'm always a sinner saved by grace, never a son, never made righteous, never righteous in, in Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Hopefully nobody thinks that. Am I being too harsh? I feel like Dan Moeller a little bit sometimes. I'm like, whoa, maybe I need to back up a little bit there, buddy. I love Dan, by the way, if he's listening. <laughs> Here's another cool right. I have the right to practice righteousness. Practice righteousness. Righteous people practice righteousness. Doctors practice. You go to a doctor's practice, it doesn't mean they're perfect, you hope that it is, like if you really want to be perfect. You practice being righteous. You practice um, loving other people well. You practice, um, you know, being sinless. You practice that. So because I have a right to practice righteousness, I also do not have a right to live in my old sin nature. I mean, if we're talking about clear boundaries, a boundary is, in terms of identity, is what are you and what aren't you? What 
what can you do and what can't you do? So I'm violating a boundary. I'm violating God's set limits. If I live in my old sin nature, if I'm just okay with it, right? There's grace for it. There's grace for walking, walking through things. You don't have to be perfect right away, but it's a process of being connected with him. So as a son or daughter, I have responsibility to add to my faith by growing in experiential knowledge of God, right back to 2 Peter 5 to 11, like we were talking about. I have a right to grow in my knowledge, experiential knowledge of God. So if I'm not, I'm just not accessing my right as a son or a daughter, as someone who's saved, come in through covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm just not accessing the fullness of that covenant. So healing the whole person is the title of this message. And so what that means is I want to deal with your spirit and your soul and your body. Okay? So the spirit is good. Like I said earlier, the spirit, if you've come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and you've been regenerated, you are made perfect. Your spirit is perfect. However, your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, they need to be acknowledged and cared for appropriately if you want to heal the whole person. So forgiving, repenting, choosing with your will, declarative prayer, breaking agreement with the enemy, coming to Jesus with the pain that you're experiencing, receiving Jesus' peace and forgiveness. These are all things that will help you be whole in your soul. Experiential knowledge is, is the key. And then there's like bodily stuff. So in brackets at the top I, I, of this slide, I, I wanted to make the note that if you, oftentimes, if you deal with what's going on in your soul, it will manifest in your actual physical body. And that's, that's what I'm getting to when I get to the, to the end here, to tell you what did I do to get healed in, my, in the whole man. And it, it, it also meant, like, what I did manifested in my, in boundaries in other areas of my physical life that I would not have expected. Can tell you about that in a minute, but um, so you know, in the in, in your body, you take take responsibility for yourself, set physical limits as needed. Again, like those things will be easier to do if you are, have started to the process of healing in your soul. So remove yourself from toxic people or limit access until they regain self-control. Again, going back to to our scripture, where self-control is, is a key. Address their own uh, and address their own issues. And then, like, the other part of physical, like, the body or the physical realm is, like, steward your body well. Like, again, you'll be able to make healthier choices if you're dealing with the stuff that's in your soul that's causing you to make the unhealthy choices, the cravings, and the different kind of things that are going on. So, like, you grow in your knowledge of how the body works. Exercise. Take vitamins. Eat what your body needs, not just what tastes good. Get more sleep. Reduce physical stress. Get prepared. Like, like, get prayer for physical healing. If it's not going, let's keep, let's keep praying. And then recognize how by addressing the spirit and the soul, the like I said, it's easier to walk it out. <clears throat> it's just easier. So what did I do 
Like, I'm, <clears throat> so I'm hurting, right? I'm grieving, I'm in pain. I, I don't feel good on my inside. Usually people treat other people poorly when they don't feel good on the inside. I don't want to do that, but I did, right? Like, I, I probably wasn't the most loving with the guy that violated the boundary, the lawnmower man. Anybody see that movie, Lawnmower Man? Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, So I realized that I was having an emotional reaction. That's what I, one thing that I did. I had the emotional reaction, but I also realized that I was having it, right? So that's kind of a higher level thing. A lot of people, you, <clears throat> you get into the emotional reaction of things and you just can't see anything. My dad was extremely like, very much like that. <clears throat> he would rage and he couldn't, it was almost like he couldn't stop himself from raging. He was just out of control, right? And. Uh, so some people you can't do that, but with practice you can realize that there's actually precursors that come before you, all that adrenaline is shooting off and all the things that's going inside of your body. Um, so you can, you can practice like realizing, how am I feeling right now? Mm, I don't feel good, okay. Feel what you feel, but don't, don't sit, right? Be angry, but don't sit. So if you can feel what you feel, that's another key to, what's, uh, to, to healing in your soul. So this goes, so really what goes back into this is once I realized what was going on, I came to the Lord. I came to him like in prayer and was like, Lord, this is what's happening right now. You see what's happening right now. And in fact, I know that your finger is on this thing, this, this, this emotional boundary that's happening. And so Lord, almost sometimes you can, you can pray with your imagination. I don't know if you guys know that, but sometimes you can, you can actually picture like, picture the emotion that you're feeling or picture the, the thing that hurts and you can just like bring it like picture bringing it before the Lord you know and that's like a, maybe something you I haven't quite figured out what to call this but I would say it's some form of like soul or spiritual work I mean maybe Connie do you have any idea what that might you've taken all those classes with with all those prophets <laughs> um, so I did, I did that. So I don't. So so what I'm saying is, deal with your spirit. Your spirit's good. Okay, you're good. Real. Just remind yourself that spiritually speaking, I'm righteous. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. These are things that are. My spirit is perfect. It's been regenerated by the Lord. But your soul is where the holes are. Right. We want to fill those holes so that we can actually retain the Holy Spirit that's in us and retain the, the good gifts that God gives us so that we can then minister out to people. So we deal with the things that are in our soul. Um, so one of the things I've already taught you guys about was forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation if someone hurts you. Forgiveness is like, okay, Lord, because of what you've done for me, I choose to forgive this person and release them to you. <clears throat> Actually, Mario, you can come up if you want. Mario, are you sleeping? Can you come up? No? Okay. He's in the back with his wife, everybody. <clears throat> Is this making sense? Is this making some sense to people? Yeah. I know that it's longer. I, tr I Seriously, I promise, I tried to aim for 15 minutes. I don't even know where I'm at. <laughs> Probably 45 minutes or an hour. Is the other church here yet? No, it's good, we're good. We're like 20 minutes. Tired yet, you need to drink water.
I forgave, okay? So like what I realized was those two men in my life loved me, but they abused me. They violated my boundary. I had a need for safety and they said, sorry, what you say doesn't matter. Sorry, I'm more important than you. I think this is fun, so I'm gonna enforce this on you, right? I don't blame them. They didn't know what they were doing. They, they, they absolutely, these two men loved me and they're good, good human beings. They didn't know that they were damaging me. That's not to justify that they wronged me. It's not fair. What they did was not fair and it hurt and it had lasting effects in my life. I got into bad relationships because I did not know that my no is valuable, that I'm valuable. You can't do whatever you want to me, right? So then I had the strong reaction when this guy violates my boundary because I never actually said no in that way. I mean, I did in certain smaller ways, but what God had his finger on specifically, I never dealt with before. So my no was like, no, you can't do that to me. Stop it. I mean, I could just been like, if I was healthy in it, I would just be like, hey, dude, like, not cool. Could you not do that? You just, you know, I understand you're doing a great job, but you are doing a great job. I appreciate you. Like, we'd have, be walking through ticks if you didn't mow this field down, you know? So I forgave. I chose to forgive. I, in prayer, I said, Lord, My spirit is perfect. My identity is that I'm a son. I'm loved by God. I'm righteous. So I didn't have to stay in that grieving. I didn't have to say that my identity is this. Oh, now I'm now I'm this guy that I'm. I am. I am this guy that's abused. That's who I am now. No, it's something that happened to me, and it hurt me. I'm commanded to forgive, and forgiveness is very much for my freedom. And I can entrust that the Lord would take care of those people that hurt me. So I dealt with the hole in my soul. Want to know what happened? It's so crazy because I was dealing with these boundaries, right? I want to have better boundaries. And I was understanding that part of having good boundaries is taking responsibility for yourself. Because I'm responsible for setting the limit. I'm also responsible if the person doesn't like that limit, whatever happens. Like, whatever happens, that's on me too. But like, I'm not gonna let you violate this boundary, so I'm going to move away from you temporarily until you get control of yourself or whatever. So I healed the hole in my soul. And not only 
at the physical, like, is it able easier for me to set this physical boundary? But I found myself all of a sudden like, I think I'll wake up at eight in the morning now, or I'll, I'll wake up at a decent time. Like, you understand I have a lifestyle that's very flexible. That's actually why I'm able to be a pastor here, because we have to have flexible lifestyles here. So, so I have multiple jobs and multiple responsibilities, and I might work till 10 o'clock at night or something like that, so I can you know, sleep in until 10. That's what was happening. Sleeping until 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Something you don't know about me is that the rule in my house when I was growing up is as long as you get up in time for school, this is high school level, right? As long as you get up in time for school, I don't care how late you stay up. And I thought that was awesome, but you know what that did for me? I became a very undisciplined person. I would roll out of bed half an hour before I was supposed to be at work. Wouldn't eat breakfast. I didn't even see the value in like, why should I eat breakfast? I'll just, you know, just wait till lunch or whatever. I was always big, so I couldn't wait till lunch. <laughs> and, um, right, so that like affected, the, so this boundary thing affected way more than I realized. So I plugged the hole in the soul with the Holy Spirit's help, with, with the Father's help, because I brought it to Him. I brought that, that, that pain to Him. I didn't say that I, I am my pain or I am my grief. I said, I am righteous. I am a son. I have a right to be free from sin. I have a right <laughs> to be healed. And I didn't beat God over the head. I just said, Lord, this is what's true. I know what's true, but it's not working in my soul. You know what? I started getting up early all of a sudden. And it's like easier to get up for me. Started working out all of a sudden. It's like, what just happened? The whole, everything just flipped. And so what I'm saying is if you deal with what's in your soul, your body will respond. Amen. Scripture, there's a scripture, part of a scripture that says, as your soul prospers, you will prosper. Amen. Not talking about weird financial prosperity message. I'm talking about prospering is, is the whole person, body, mind, soul, Amen. will, emotions, whole person prospers, and that means it goes well with you, right, so prospering, it's not necessarily about money in this context, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm prospering, oh my gosh, I can wake up at, at a decent time, oh my gosh, I value myself, oh my gosh, I'm taking responsibility for myself in a way that I never did before, and so why do I share all this with you, this is a lot of self-disclosure, as you call it, it's like, you guys know me way better than I know you now. <laughs> you know my dysfunctions. I laid myself bare before you. I laid my life down for you so that I can say, hey, the water is fine. Come in. The water is fine. Come in. Come and drink. Fill the holes in your soul. Fill the holes in your soul. Let him do it. All right, so everybody just close your eyes and bow your head because Holy Spirit's on his way. He's already here, but we're going to release him even more. Father, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Lord God, I'm asking you to fill the holes in people's cups, Lord. I thank you that they're righteous. I thank you that they're bought, bought for, paid for, believers in your Son. Thank you that they're redeemed. The Spirit, man, is perfect, God. But we've got wounded souls, Lord. 
Holy Spirit, come. Come and have your way. If anyone's getting a word of knowledge, please tell me. We want to partner with the Holy Spirit ministry. Truth sets us free, but then we've got to access that truth, and that's what this time's about right now. No, this is a heavy message for like a Sunday, right? Like, might be better done in a small group or something, but just being obedient. So I just want to invite anybody that wants prayer, anything that the Holy Spirit is prompting you for, do not be afraid what you look like. What is it? You can you can be free, or you can stay stuck in your seat and feel comfortable. You know, um, so no condemnation whatsoever. But when you come up here, we'll have people pray for you. I'll pray for you if you want. Come up here to where the, the carpets are. We'll call this the little prayer corner. We're just gonna worship. We're gonna worship for a couple more songs, I guess, or as as long as Mario feels like he wants to go. Maybe somebody has a word, so I'm just going to be honest. Like, I'll wait for a minute. You can come get the mic for me. But if, you know, no condemnation if you don't. But I just want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. She's a prophet. One of the things she said goes, 
completely with that word. She said that I see as you're running towards the God, to God, all those things in your life that you've always been trying to rebuke, always trying to get free from. She said, they're just falling off of you. So as you run towards him, you can do a prophetic act. Run around the church, go run, go, go run. I know this man runs every day. That stuff falls off of you every day. So like, uh, we're just gonna worship a little bit more here. I mean, if you have to leave, it's okay. I understand I went really way longer than I anticipated. I'm way more comfortable up here than I thought, just so you know. It's weird. Um, thank you for allowing me the honor of, of ministering to you. Oh 